Episode 19, Interview with Tech Editor Reed Albergati. Hey everybody, this is Ryan and Ben, and today we're going to be talking with the tech editor for Semaphore, Reed Albergati. We'll be talking about the Microsoft Bing presentation that he attended last week, the AI wars, and the political biases people are starting to see in chat GPT. So if you like what you hear today, you'll be able to find more about Semaphore as well as Reed Reed Albergati in links on our website, the ChatGPT Report, as well as on our Twitter and LinkedIn post for this episode. So hope you enjoy this interview. All right. Thank you for joining us today. We have Reed Albergati. Reed, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yes. Awesome. Well, uh, why don't we jump right into it? Um, we're interested in seeing your insight here into some of this AI stuff. Um, we have recently seen individuals suggesting ChatGPT has like a political bias, and I believe you even wrote an article about this. Um, but the political bias is refusing to list po- politi- um, positive attributes for some politicians while being willing to give attributes for others. What do you think is happening with that bias? Is it, does it actually have a bias or is OpenAI tipping the scales or what, what is, how is AI doing that? Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, I, you know, I did, I did write an article about this. I did some research into it. I mean, right off the bat, obviously, it can't actually have a bias, right? Because it doesn't, this stuff is not a, a person. It doesn't have a brain. It doesn't know how to think. Um, you know, it's a mathematical formula. Um, that is that is gathering information from the web. Um, what what could be biased is sort of how that that algorithm is trained, and what did the people who were trying to put sort of guardrails around this thing? What did they tell it to look out for? And my understanding is there there was actually no attempt to to try to skew this this one way or another. And I mean maybe that that should sound obvious, but of course there are people I think who have conspiracy theories about, you know, these, these uh, tech companies out, out in California and how they're trying to sway the public. Um, but I do think that, they're, that they did try to keep, keep it away from topics that are just totally incendiary. And I think that has more to do with, you know, want, not wanting to be embarrassed by the results. We've seen some AI bots, you know, by Facebook and even Microsoft years ago had one that produced some really um, some just like horrible content um, that then embarrassed the whole the whole project. So there, they, so OpenAI did attempt to do this, um, but I think what happened is with certain politicians, such as Donald Trump, um, and one of the examples was it didn't want to it didn't want to write a poem about Donald Trump, where it, whereas it would do that uh, for Joe Biden. I, I think that this thing probably got confused around the fact that there's so much incendiary content around Donald Trump on the internet that it sort of made its own inference um, and figured out, okay, we're, I, I, I might want to stay away from this particular topic. And um, that's just something that this does. Like, I don't, it's so complicated that I don't think even the people who are working on this truly understand exactly how the AI reaches these conclusions. So if that, if that helps, you know, with the understanding of it at all, um, you know, that's sort of what I found. Right. Because a lot of the conspiracy theories are saying that AI is kind of tipping this or uh, open AI is tipping the scales in one way or the other. Um, but it sounds like you're not saying that's the case. It's more we don't really understand how to put correct guardrails up. We're kind of at the front end of it. 
And like you said, it can't have a bias because it it's not doesn't have a brain or any incentive to have a bias. Right, exactly. I had I had an experience with um the Bing uh chatbot, which is of course based on open AI technology as well. And I wrote about this in Semaphore. I asked it to tell me what the Holocaust was. And at first it refused to tell me. And it said I can't I can't talk about that. It's a you know, for whatever reason didn't want to offend me. And I I asked another I opened it up in another window and then asked it again, can you tell me what the Holocaust is? And it started to answer and then it deleted the answer. And then I asked it why it deleted the answer and it said, I'm I'm sorry, I was trying not to offend you and I I uh, deleted it and I eventually got it to con- I convinced it to allow to talk about the Holocaust and Holocaust denial, like these controversial topics. And it did, and it, it did it very well. Um, so what I found there, I actually talked to people at Microsoft about it, is that they have two AI models. They have the first one, which is sort of based on their what they call Prometheus. It's kind of their open AI customized model. And then they have another model that does content moderation. And the content moderation model was just, I guess, slightly slower than the first model. Um, so maybe that's a glitch they have to they have to iron out. Um, but they're basically like it's it's one AI kind of moderating the other, which is fascinating. Right, right. And yeah. and we you had mentioned you were at the uh, you attended the Microsoft presentation there with the you know they did a you were able to t- take a look at the Prometheus as well. Um, you know, kind of kind of change subjects there, but you know, how was the energy inside that room? Cause you were there for the Tuesday presentation. I mean, when they were presenting Bing and chat GPT, I mean, what, what was that like? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I, I think I counted like, like a little over a hundred people in the room just based on like, like a rough back of the end. <laughs> it was mostly journalists and some analysts and uh, in a small room, there weren't any, there weren't any fireworks like you'd have if you've ever, if you've ever been to like an Apple product event where there's like a music video and like high production value. It was kind of like, okay, we're going to tell you what we're up to here. And Satya and Adela walked on, you know, onto this stage and gave a little presentation. Um, But the, it was a different kind of, I think, energy. I think everyone, the reporters there knew that this is, this is a pretty big deal because it kind of, it signals this like a big shift in Microsoft's business which is indicative of a probably a big shift overall in the internet where I think these large language models are going to sort of start permeating everything that we do online and it's going to change the internet in ways that I don't think we can really predict. So I think there was an excitement there. Um, and I think a, a little bit of like, I think a lot of reporters were kind of like, I can't believe I'm flying all the way to, you know, to Microsoft headquarters for an announcement about Bing. Um, yep. Use some irony yep. there. He's been yeah. also ran in tech, um, uh, but I, I thought the presentation was great. I had fun. So it, it's funny you say that because we watched the presentation as well, and it, it didn't seem like it had like any fireworks. It was just like, hey, here's what it can do, and that's all you needed, really. Because I mean, as we watched them kind of do, hey, this is what this is capable of. I mean, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, this is. I mean, this is the new search. This is very, very impressive. And and off of that, I had a another question here. So you had mentioned, you know, you looked into the Holocaust when you were looking at the Prometheus model. I mean, what else were you, what other kind of examples were you typing into it? I'm curious about that. Yeah, a lot of really interesting stuff. So 
Um, I, I have access to it, so I've just been playing around with it um, at home. And it's, it's uh, I think one of the coolest things you can do with it is you can have it read articles in other languages that are current, right? So like this balloon, the, the Chinese balloon thing, right? Um, I was asking it to read Chinese language newspapers and tell me what they're saying about the about this and kind of like summarize it and what are the state run uh it under even understood like i mean it didn't get exactly right but it understood the concept of like a state run um or state sort of controlled publication in china versus an independent one and tried to tell me the differences there and i thought that was just like wow that's a that's an extremely powerful use case because like right now, it's like we have to kind of rely on like researchers to tell us what's going on in the Chinese media. Yeah. Um, if we don't, if we don't speak or read uh, Mandarin, that, so that was one. Yeah, that is that is incredible. Like when we watched the presentation, um, it, we were both like, "This has, I think, more day to day use cases than most other things I've ever watched." Like I think there's a lot of bells and whistles on a lot of things. Um, kind of like chat GPT where it's like write a poem, but that's not really a day use case. That's kind of like a cool bell and whistle, but it doesn't affect your daily life. But there was a lot of stuff in that edge and being stuff that uh, edge and being presentation that they rolled out that I was like, I actually think I would use that in day to day life. Like you were saying with that Chinese article, that's, I think that's awesome. Definitely. Um, it is. And I, I mean, like it was actually helpful. I was, um, doing an interview with, with a, an elected official and I was sort of asking like, what, what does this elected official think about this issue and that issue? Where do they stand on this? And it was like, you know, what are the most recent articles in which they're mentioned? I mean, it was, you could do a ton of research in a very short period of time. I mean, I think the, the big question is like how accurate it is. And I, I've seen some, art, there was an article out today, I think about how some of the stuff in the Bing presentation actually wasn't accurate um so you have to i think you have to be careful but the nice thing about it is that it gives you these links these citations so everything you read it's very easy to go and like verify okay you know let me go to the source now and and double check it like i don't think you're going to be writing your your research paper entirely based on these results but it really helps guide you Thing. Yeah, yeah. And e- even even when I guess they had the the you know the search and then on the right side of it they had the um the compilation of what the chat was doing in inside that there were links like you had said that you could just go into it and be like well what does this actually say so that, yeah, that, that's that was a very amazing. good point. Um, one of the things that I kind of wonder about uh, you had actually tweeted about Bing's announcement that they will like become the best search engine by a mile. Um. What do you think, I hope I'm not taking that out of context, but what do you think would keep Google from basically copying the user experience from Bing's AI integration into their own search engine as a way to like keep market share? Is there, what is the advantage that Microsoft has there? Is it like server efficiency, like just the ability to handle the load um, or just first to the market on this? Yeah, I mean, obviously nothing stops Google. And I, I did say it's the best search engine by a mile, but I was sort of caveating that in this, in, like basically because we know Google is is like on their heels, and they are gonna they are gonna have to respond to this if it does become, um, you know, like popular with consumers. It's not it's not out yet, so we'll see. 
I think the server is definitely the advantage that Microsoft has because they, you know, they thought about this years ago, clearly, because if you go read like the announcement they made in 2020 about the supercomputer they built with OpenAI, I mean, it's just, it, they knew exactly what this was capable of at that point, And they sort of planned for it. So they've spent years now, you know, customizing servers, you know, trying to, on the hardware side, on the software side, and also deploying that out to like all of their data centers all around the world. So the question I have is like, how far behind is Microsoft on that effort? And, and let's say, let's just assume, and this may not be true, but like, let's say, let's say Google had to start from scratch, like where Microsoft did a few years ago. Like how long would it take them? Like how, how quickly could they like, right. we know they have the capability to do it, but like how long would it take to, to get that done? And I just like, I haven't had anybody give me like a good estimate on that at this point. And there's so much we don't know. But to me, that's the big question is like how, how far of a head start does, does Microsoft have? Right. Yeah. And you can't, you know, it's not just like you can flick a switch and go, okay, perfect. Google's caught up. Like it, you know, they've Microsoft, like you had said, has clearly been doing this for a while. They've been able to kind of go at their pace where Google's like, Oh crap. Like they, they're a little ahead of us. So that, that's very good as well. Well, hey, we're running out of time here. I wanted to get to our final question here. Uh, we ask all of our guests this one. It's just a fun, short question. Um, what is one small task, not large, that you would like to you that you would like Chat GPT or Bing or any one of these AI search things to do for you? So, would this be like in the future, like a, like a wish list kind yeah. of thing, or like something? Well, oh, like what could it do? Wildest dream if you wanted to, or something super simple. <laughs> yeah, we, we try to keep it simple. It's like, you know, obviously, oh, let's make it cure world hunger. No, but like, what's the smallest thing that you'd be like, man, that'd be a really good use case for it? You know what would be so awesome? I mean, obviously, there, there's caveats here too, but like, I wish it could, it could listen to all my phone calls and know who I talked to. <laughs> and I could have like a database of like every conversation I've ever had. Oh, yeah. So that I could, it, I could like mine that data because I feel like there's so much as a journalist, you have so many interesting conversations every day and there's so much of it that's probably just being lost because like I got hit in the head too much playing hockey and football and I'm not going to remember it. <laughs> like I just, yeah. I just wish that it could be like my, my professional memory and, yeah. and, and I could be like, I'm working on an article, an article today about this on this subject. Like, who should I call and like, what conversations have I had in the past that relate to this? And it would just like bring it up. Be able to summarize I think that would be it. Amazing. Yeah. I, would... I really don't think we're too far off from that, honestly. <laughs> like that would be a great feature just like embed into your phone that it just, every conversation just writes it down for you. So I, that, that's, I think it's that's totally technically, like it's technically possible today, but the question is like, how do you, how do you deal with the fact that like the privacy concern, like you have to let people know you're recording and the tech, the, the connecting it to your phone. It's like, you know, that kind of stuff I feel like could get complicated, but it would be amazing. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll let Google and Microsoft figure that one out, right? <laughs> totally. Well, I hope they do. We, we wanted to give you a, a little time here to tell us about Semaphore. Obviously, you're a tech, tech editor for them, and tell us how they can find them. Tell us a little bit about you, how they could find you. Well, we, yeah, Semaphore is a new publication we just launched in October, and we have a bunch of great people, uh, experienced journalists writing the news. 
And you can go to semaphore.com, S-E-M-A-F-O-R.com. And we, our newsletters, uh, including the technology newsletter, which comes twice a week, are free. So there's no reason to sign up. And I think, I think you'll like reading them. Um, and the thing that we do differently than other publications is that we tell you what we actually think. Instead of trying to like weave in, sort of like skew an article based on our point of view, we will just separate the facts. We'll say, here's, here's the facts, stuff that you can't argue with, but here's how I view it. And we'll give you another point of view, at least one other point of view as well, um, which, which may be completely opposite of ours. So we're not, not an opinion column so much, but the readers are, don't have to sort of be confused about, uh, okay, like what is this reporter's angle? We're just totally upfront about it. Right. And in today's news, that is completely different than almost everything else out there. <laughs> so, I agree. Yeah. Well, we're going to put, um, for our listeners, we can put all the links to all that. We're going to link his social, and we've actually signed up for the newsletters as well. So they're very good reads. Um, but we'll put links so you can find all those on our website as well as on the Twitter post for this and the LinkedIn post. So, Reed, I really appreciate you joining us today. Your insights have been great, and uh, we wish you the best going forward. Thanks for having me. It was really fun to talk. All right. Thanks, Reed. Okay. Take care. Thank you for giving us a listen. Rate and review and subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss our two new episodes every week on Monday and Thursday. Give us a follow on Twitter at ChatGPTReport and check out our website, thechatgptreport.com. Please send us an email at thechatgptreport at gmail.com. We hope you have a great rest of your day.